It's time to get activated, gamers, because you're listening to the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2023, featuring Dan and Bob Video Games. If you have any problems with any of our lists, yell at Bob. Oh, no. Chris Wolfhart. Guaranteed to outlast AAA gaming. And Dr. Agro. Sure glad I spent this whole year knowing I'd be on this podcast. This episode features outrageous categories such as... Dumbest thing in a game. Best character design. Most pathetic character. And biggest cuck. So grab your nuggies and Mountain Dew gamers, sit back in your race car chair and get ready because the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2023 Extravaganza starts right now! Yippee! And we're back with yet another part of the Gigaboots Game of the Year, Podstravaganza Part 4. We've got the whole crew. We've got Bob. I like games. 2023. We've got Agro. Choosing is a sin. Let me out. And we've got Chris Wolfhart. Hi. Oh, were all the good ones taken? <laughs> yeah. Yes, they were all taken. <laughs> and I'm your host, Dan Video Games. We've got a lot of things to be nominated and a lot of things to be rejected. So let's get to it. The first category, most likely to be racist. The nominees are Mr. Scratch from Alan Wake 2. Horace Showpony from Everybody 1-2 Switch. Eternite's Man from Eternite. Why have I not heard anything about Eternite's outside of Game of the Year? <laughs> Tanta Prav from Forspoken. Jack Avium from Immortals of Avium. Pizza Face from Pizza Tower. The Noise from Pizza Tower. Salazar from Resident Evil 4 Remake. And I can't believe I'm reading it like this. God damn it. New and you, Peter from Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Twitter's invading the spreadsheet. I'm going to go ahead and give us four votes each. This is going to contain mild spoilers for Alan Wake 2, possibly? Probably. Probably a little, yeah. Probably probably not for Spider-Man 2, but just in case. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit for Avium. Okay. Anything yeah, else? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, look out, the Immortals. Look out, all of you millions of people interested <laughs> in playing Immortals of Avium. Which you're probably going to get free on Game Pass or PlayStation Plus later this year. Yeah, in like a month. <laughs> right? Yeah, that, that seems inevitable. In fact, I would put money on it showing up on Plus by the end of the year. I'm going to vote first. The noise should take this category. <laughs> he, he is just vile. Hey, hey, aggro. Mm. You know the Noid? Make it worse. So, the Noid but racist. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna give my first vote to the noise i'm gonna my second vote to salazar is that even debatable i feel like that might have come up probably did salazar might have done a speech if you waited around long enough 
who nominated Tanta Prav? Uh, I did. Okay, let's talk about it. Well, if if you remember, try real hard to remember yeah. the middle of Forspoken. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, she, she's the Tanta of Judgment, the the blue one. Mm. Oh, she's a cop. Okay, yeah, yeah no, she's basically the patron saint of calling the cops. That is her. Thing. <laughs> all right all right all right yeah yeah she she is an old confused white woman who's basically the head of an hoa who just starts screaming mid-sentence when you talk to her oh god yeah yeah i remembered everything once i saw the image in google oh god yeah so third vote's going to her and it's not even close (laughs) Uh, and I'm going to have to vote for Mr. Scratch because I assume the darkness is racist. <laughs> I mean, it Mr. literally Scratch is. must be. So this just seems undebatable, right? Like if you take into account, like if you read all the manuscript pages, there are the li- darkness literally turns people racist. <laughs> like it turns those two deputies racist in one of the manuscript pages and then you have to kill them. So there you go. Undeniable proof. Uh, next is Agro. Uh, Tanta Prav. Uh, you are also right about Salazar. That's just, I mean, it, it didn't come up at the time, but definitely <laughs> he, he would have eventually steered the conversation in that direction himself. <laughs> nah, dude, that guy's racist. He's not racist. I had dinner with him once. <laughs> we, we mostly didn't talk. I ran out of the room as soon as we finished eating. Now, the, the thing about Mr. Scratch and Horace Showpony <laughs> is that they're one person. They're the I same believe, creature. Yeah, they, they're the same nightmare. Um, I believe that both would be racist, but like, I don't think they'd mean it. Like, they wouldn't really believe in the superiority or, or the degeneracy of a single ethnic group. <laughs> oh I think God. they would they just, just be, be racist. Yeah, they just want to be mean mm. and shocking and hurtful. I kind of I kind of see that for Horace Showpony. I don't think that's true for Mr. Scratch. Agro, in your head, in your mind, Palace, are you setting up the thing where Horace stares you in the eye and says it, and you go, you didn't mean it? Is this how this plays out to you? <laughs> then he just starts sobbing. Like, make Horace cry. So be- because this is a, a likely-to-be category, and it's a lot of it's based on vibes, I'm going to have to vote for Jack Avium. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I feel like this, this, this is an angry young man who, at his core, is very concerned about being replaced. <laughs> but he's, he's, his girlfriend is hey non-white. She's one of the good ones. <laughs> that does make your stereotype more accurate. <laughs> he did mm-hmm. also steal his catchphrase of sizzle up from the one oh, actual no. racist in that game. <laughs> oh, and like, it's, I mean, I don't want to say, I don't want to paint wizards with a broad brush, <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh, God, he is like a superior being because of his avium powers. Mm. All right, Um. isn't it like, oh, Jack, avium, and you can cast three, all three types of magic. You're so cool. You're so much smarter than the other boys, Jack, avium. I got one more vote, right? Yep. Uh, Scrolling through this Google image result, I think I'm going to give it to the noise. Yeah. 
<laughs> let me let me put it this way. There is no world in which the noise hasn't said it. <laughs> That's true. There's literally no way. Like when you would light light spoilers for Pizza Tower, but uh he also hates his wife, so that just adds to it. If the noise was the centerpiece of a pizza chain's marketing campaign, every commercial would end with brutally murdering him, and you would applaud every time because the noise des- the noise deserves it. Yeah, it would just be that Family Guy bit where Adam West kills the Noid, brutally murders him, and then says the Noid should have avoided me. <laughs> uh, next vote is uh, Chris. The noise. Pizza face. Why are there so many things from Pizza Tower that are maybe racist? I, like he's like he's so he has such unwholesome energy. He's like a, a tall, lanky thing with a slice of pizza for a head that seemingly was like a 1930s vaudeville performer. Something about him makes me think evil Ned Flanders. A little bit, yeah. I can definitely see where you're coming from with evil Ned Flanders. But him for sure. Uh Eternites, man. (laughs) Look, all I'm saying is that if you speak English and you make a video game where your protagonist is a plain, dark-haired boy that lots of girls like, you're going to have to do some extra lifting to convince me he's not a racist. (laughs) Jesus. And... Mr. Scratch. Bob. Uh, Jake Avium. Sorry, Jack Avium. I don't know why I want to call him Jake. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the noise. And it's four, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have two more. Tanta Prava. That's, oh my god, that's, that's a lot. Hmm. I'll show one on Salazar. Yeah, they some obviously bad vibes from him. <laughs> from Salazar? No way. <laughs> I, just, I, I needed to go to take a look at modern Salazar again because the original replaces him in my mind and god yeah no modern Salazar is a lot it is a lot of a lot okay I've ordered this from most votes to least nominees are currently sitting at The Noise with four votes Tanta Parav with three votes and Salazar with three votes Jack Avian with two votes Mr. Scratch with two votes Eternite's Man with one vote and Pizza Face with one vote so that means we have a person who's unanimous, <laughs> two people tied with three votes, and then two people tied with two votes. Now then, for the top three, the noise, Tanta Prav, and Salazar, do we agree that is the top three? Because I think that is. I honestly think even with, it's the top four and Jack takes runner-up even. Wow. So you don't think Mr. Scratch can outdo Jack Avery? <laughs> No, Agro swayed me with his with his con- with his wordsmithery. God damn it, I think he's right. Yeah, that feels correct. How did we nail this on the first? <laughs> right, it doesn't usually go like this. Yeah, uh, listener, I assume you've listened to the many other parts of this year and many other years. Game of the year. This doesn't happen. We don't vote and go. Yeah, that went in the correct order. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, even <laughs> like if you go back to historically, usually this is a much more contentious category. We have to discuss it a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion of does anyone know what that guy from Destruction All Stars thinks, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I'm okay with locking it in like that, Agro. I could talk about moving Salazar above Prov, but I don't really have a problem with it the way it is. Yeah, I feel like Salazar could go above Prov, but based on me remembering that boss battle vividly <laughs> and the insane tone, like there's not a moment you fight Salazar that has that insane, I'm calling the cops on a black person because they got anywhere near my lawn. <laughs> I just don't feel like they're supposed to be in this area. God, like I wish, to them. <laughs> I wish God. these things uh, we were saying weren't literally things I know were called into the Niceville Police Department. <laughs> right? God. Yeah, she she really knocks it out of the park with that energy. That is for fucking sure. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm I'm locking it in like this. I need Tata Prof to be above Salazar. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's something to be said for if you're racist in Europe, that's less racist than you being racist in a f fictional universe. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be what Americans think. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I guess we'll lock this in. Most likely to be racist is The Noise from Pizza Tower. Followed up in second place by Tanta Prav from Forspoken. Third place goes to Salazar. And runner-up, Jack Avium. I'm never going to look at him the same again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, you know how you used to be able to do the OK symbol? Well, well now you can't say sigil up anymore. They've corrupted it. It's a dog whistle now. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh cool what's your sigil look like and then it's just that NBA fake trailer and it goes as it zooms in on the swastika no no sigil down <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be the new god king Jack I'm just saying I, uh, maybe that's not for you <laughs> why what's wrong <laughs> okay next category best character design the nominees are Nora from Atomic Heart, Hegan from Disgaea 7, Fuji from Disgaea 7, Sky from Endless Monday, Bunny Chan from Endless Monday, Saber from Fate Samurai Remnant, C from The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie, Oswald V. Wunstein from Octopath Traveler 2. Sybil from Pseudo Regalia. Manon from Street Fighter 6. Marisa from Street Fighter 6. Pajamas Jury from Street Fighter 6. Cami from Street Fighter 6. Ashton Anchors from Star Ocean 2R. Matthew from Xenoblade 3 Future Redeemed. And Shulk. From Xenoblade 3, Future Redeemed. I'm going to give this five votes. And we're going to start the voting with Chris Wolfhard. I thought long and hard about this. I was like, Sky from Endless Monday is obviously just Konata from Lucky Star. Like, it's not even 
They mm -hmm. they don't even hide it a little bit. You can't. Is, prove is that a that. problem? <laughs> you can't prove that. You can't prove that. <laughs> do do I really? Do I really? And the answer is yes. So Scott. <laughs> It's okay. There's an air fryer next to her. She's different. She's different now. <laughs> her hair is slightly shorter. Please don't look at the purple-haired girl she hangs out with either. Don't look at her too closely. <laughs> no. Uh, Bunny-chan. Sybil. Both the ones we nominated from Disguise 7 are really good. Mm. Fuji. Mm. I have one more. Where to put it? Well, there's a there's an anthropomorphic sort of uh, intellectually, anyways, coke machine that wants to suck your dick. You could easily <laughs> no, that's good. That, that's good. That's, that's all right. <laughs> what about Shulk? Nah, I'm gonna give it to C. I did nominate C. I think his stupid fucking greebled out jacket that he wears over his uh voice changing helmet to hide his identity is very Kino. He is <laughs> literally just a Code Geass character, the main one. He <laughs> G, G Bob, maybe now maybe once game of the year crams over you should hop on the series. <laughs> I'll go ahead and vote next. Uh I'm gonna vote for Shulk from Xenoblade Future Redeemed. Uh, that redesign is fantastic and fresh in so many ways. I did not expect for them to do it for Shulk of all people. Right. Uh, next, I'm going to uh, vote for Cammy from Street Fighter VI. Uh, I like Cammy. I do. Uh, this is the best Cammy, period. Full stop. We're done. Discussion over. I'm throwing my last three votes on Sybil. <laughs> That's not how that works, unfortunately. Aggro, your turn. <laughs> no, that's it. You can fight okay. me down. You can try to debate this number lower. We will have that talk. You that's not how the rules work. That is totally how been the a rules very, work. That was this would have been a wide no, it wasn't. It, it totally was. It was explicitly you can't do that. That's what was mentioned. Yeah. You are all cowards. <laughs> You're afraid of the truth. This, we we would we would have had a very different past five years of doing this if we could do this. <laughs> we actually have historically had this happen before, though. For the record, no, I we can't haven't. remember what category and what year. I think people have tried, but we always shout them down. Like, no, that's not how this works. Fine, I'll put one vote in Sybil and I'll wait and think about the others. Now it's your turn, Aggro. So I hear there's a Coke machine that sucks your dick. Uh, that's true, yeah. I mean, like, clean lines, a balanced asymmetry, vibrant colors, me metallic tentacles. I mean, that's just A-plus design right there. I'm going to vote for Nora. All right. I am surprising, even myself, going to have to vote for uh, this Shulk redesign. Yeah, it's good. I didn't even see it really like until it was on this list. Um, I never in my life thought I would look at a shulk and think that's a shulk that fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fact. I am going to vote for Oswald V. Vonstein from Octopath Traveler 2 because yeah, that, I bet. <laughs> that entire game is just made a lot better when no matter what story you're doing, there is an eight-foot hobo wizard standing over your shoulder, <laughs> silently staring at the NPC you're talking to. <laughs> Saber from Fate Samurai Remnant. 
It's a good design. It is. It's it's a it's a it's a really well done as far away from base saber as you can get. <laughs> right, there's just <laughs> enough saber still left in there that you know it's saber. Mm-hmm. Mm. C from Trails into Reverie. It's incredibly brave to make a Code Geass character. <laughs> is it? <laughs> just out now. Especially one that uh that is explicitly using the identity a previous character may have used. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> but they had a different outfit. No, I think that's it. Oh, was that it? Yeah, because I, I haven't it? used my last two votes. That's why okay. we're off. Gotcha. Uh, I'm going to give it to Sky from Endless Monday. Good. <laughs> and then I will meditate my last vote and maybe not even use it. Mm, Bob. Sure. Sky. I can't believe you voted for that thing. You said good. That's what I voted right? for. <laughs> we need more. We need most votes for Sky. Did you see the hamburger? I did. It's an important part. I did. That is an important part. I think the artist would agree. I wanted to put even more pictures because there are ones where she's just in the background of other images and a weird goblin eating a burger. Yeah. There is a thing where she's uh, wearing a tracksuit and has a baseball bat and maybe framed identically to a George Costanza with the baseball bat. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure to vote on Shulk as well. That, that redesign's real good. And one for Manon. Fuji. One more. Have you heard of Bunny Chan? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Cammy's right there. So like... Hmm. <sighs> Man. I want to throw it on Matthew, even though it's there's no real point. <laughs> but I got to point out, like, yeah, man, Matthew's a really good design too. Like, they did a really good job with these DLC characters in Xenoblade. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy how good of a redesign, you know, Shulk got, and then this Matthew design's pretty fucking peak too. Right? As he's just like, hey, I'm a Xenogears character, isn't that cool? I'm like, yeah, that is pretty cool. You're right. I wonder why I keep saying that when the Switch Two has a fucking monolith game ship on it. <laughs> Sony's fucked. <laughs> I keep looking at this list and I cannot use this fifth vote. <laughs> I can't. So we're just going to tally it. See how it works out. Okay. We have a tie at three votes and then the three-way tie at two votes. Reading from top to the bottom in order of votes. Sky from Endless Monday and Shulk. From Xenoblade 3, Future Redeemed, are tied with three votes each. Fuji from Disgaea 7. C from The Legend of Heroes, words, 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 words. Sybil from Pseudo-Regalia, all are tied with two votes each. Then at the bottom with one vote each is Nora from Atomic Heart, Bunny Chan from Endless Monday, Saber from Fate Samurai Remnant, Oswald V. Vonstein from Octopath Traveler 2, Manon from Street Fighter 6, Cammy from Street Fighter 6, and Matthew from Xenoblade 3 Future Redeemed. You're all insane, and Cammy should at least be at two votes. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a number of different interpretations of Cammy. Uh, this is the peak easily. I'm sorry, I put three other characters from Street Fighter 6 that I liked the design for more. That's insane. <laughs> 
You put pajamas jury. Yes. Whoa. Pajama jury is good. It's funny. She's got gigantic pajamas. That's great. <laughs> Agro, do you want to try to get the Coke machine that fucks? <laughs> the one votes. <laughs> they should print that shit on the box. It's on a cart. The cave with the Coke machine that fucks. I mean, I feel like out of all of the imagery in a very visually interesting game, that is the one with the most impact that stays around the longest. It's it's a giant Coke machine with medical <laughs> metal tentacles <laughs> that, that attempts to, with questionable consent, to make horrible robot love to you. I'm okay with Nora going up. Does anyone want to get anything else up out of the ones? No. Just to be clear on this Cammy thing, history will remember you three as villains. <laughs> you can put her I'm up fine there. With we that. can, we can, uh, we can. You, so you can again. reveal yourself as villains again? No, I see how this goes. That's fine. Um. Okay. Looking at the top two, is there anything beneath that that we think should be Sybil and be up there with three votes? I just, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like one of these, one of these with two votes feels like it should have at least five. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Sybil could at least be the runners up. Like I, I like her design a lot more than uh, the other two down there with the two votes. I mean, really, if she took third place, that oh, would be third place, Bob. Uh, I, I, sorry, I, since we put Nora there, my, my eyes dilated and I missed Fuji having two votes. For some reason, I couldn't read that right. I mean, I'm looking at Fuji. Sybil's a better design than Fuji. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should just <laughs> but include all of them in one vote. Just take, just do three. So you're saying, you're saying we should just take this entire top raft of people, or just yeah, all, the top six, the top six, and say, okay, you get three votes, including Sky and Shulk. Yeah, and we get three votes each. Yeah, if they get knocked down, then they they weren't strong enough, were they? Right. Yes, uh, I'll do it, but only because there's a one-vote discrepancy. So the one-vote discrepancy may change everything. <laughs> Chris, go. Sky, Sybil, Fuji. Bob. Uh, Sky, Shulk, and Fuji. Agro, go. Shulk, Nora, Sybil. Sybil, Shulk, Sky. Well, based on that, Sybil, Sky, and Shulk are tied for first place, and Fuji's runner-up. That seems appropriate. I mean, the three-way tie yeah. seems appropriate. Yeah, yeah. So we have to just... Fuji's runner-up now, and then everyone else we have to decide on the order of. No, I'm really just getting at the... I, I don't even know if Fuji's runner-up. Like, for me? Yeah. I don't know. Let me look at these other designs again. I know I'm not voting for C. <laughs> So what, you're going to vote for the, the fucking fridge? Mm. <laughs> it's like a Coke machine. Uh-huh. That'll suck your dick. One second, it does what? <laughs> okay, fine. I mean, it's going to say that's what it's going to do. Who knows what happens? Who, who knows <laughs> what it did? I don't know. It might just shuck my organs right? out. <laughs> Unclear. Yeah, okay. I'll let fucking food eat. <laughs> okay. How did all three of our leaders get... Names that start with S. <laughs> Only now that I have uh, them up it's there. the most common letter of the alphabet. Sky, Shulk, and Sybil? Only one of our other characters' names starts with an S. Anyway, 
This will have to go different if we vote this way. Okay. We have a three-way tie for the top three. You get to- two votes each. Agro. Shulk and Sybil. Bob. Uh, Sky and Shulk. Chris. Sky and Sybil. Uh, Shulk and Sybil. Wait, no. No. <laughs> Sky and Sybil. Okay, well, Shulk's Got the least votes. Coming in third. We, we right. At least put him in third. Yeah, we, we're, we're working this out. This and, is happening. Uh, Bob, Damn I it. hate to inform you how numbers work. <laughs> we have an even split. Right. It's just going to be an even vote if we vote I again. Know, right? <laughs> okay, so here's my argument for why Sky should win. Okay. Culture is frozen in 2007 forever. <laughs> fuck so it will age fine if... If Konata from Lucky Star <laughs> is the best character design. I was going to open my mouth to make that same argument, but like in a mocking tone to make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It, things have peaked and we can't really do anything about it. Um, okay. So here's, we may have a collapsed biome, but God damn it. We have great Moe anime. <laughs> Okay, here's here's my thing about Sybil, okay? So, I can't really think of any cracked out character designs in 3D platformers that come anywhere near Sybil's weird golden horns and giant golden legs. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what's going on with that and her weapon of choice being a weird tonfa. Uh-huh really elevates all of that to just be like, this character's truly one of the most uniquely bizarre, which I smiled spoilers for Pseudo Regalia, which makes perfect sense given that she's invading your mind palace, right? Right. That, and also it's ambiguous exactly what's going on with how they regularly do that. Are they, are they just anti-Klonoa? Are they reverse Klonoa? It's very interesting. I think, you know, I love Sky's design. Sky's very cute. Very good design. But if we're talking best character design, I, I feel like Sybil takes it just because that is a very strong outfit that you can adjust to have pants. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot about the pants, uh, the pants accessibility feature, so I'm gonna change it to Sybil because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I want someone to have to take a, an E3 stage and just talk about we have important accessibility features like pants. Like you don't have to look at this furry girl's gigantic ass. Someone in the crowd's like, thank God. I wanted to play that game so bad. Somebody just yells, boo. We have one of those insufferable fucking press cycles of journalists getting mad at somebody for booing an accessibility feature because, but it's pants <laughs> it's pants it's not even a real accessibility feature <laughs> oh it's not a real one huh okay blow bob up in the comments you guys <laughs> so uh we should we should do another we should do another vote i just mean to if, be, if 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 uh officiate this uh, right we don't need to vote i think that it's all come it's all coming together it's all coming down to this and i'm fine with that like i don't dislike sybil's design i think it's cool no, Bob, you hate it. You're it's a, not like C ended up up here. You're, you're a bigot. <laughs> to be clear, though, uh, a different year, I might have been there with C. I might have. But, like, 
We got Shulkin Cammy as Sybil. Sadly, <laughs> it's limited to best character design and not funniest character ever put in a game, so she's uh, <laughs> a little bit nerfed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think this is correct. I say we lock it in. Is everyone good with that? Sure. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to argue Shulk that fucks to the top, so yeah, this is something I can live with. <laughs> Look, third place is not a bad place. It's, it's exactly the number of children he should have had in that DLC. <laughs> Bob, and yet he didn't. He only had one? Yeah, he only has one. He only has one. Pretty which, sure. Which seems, which, which seems bullshit, because he clearly had two girlfriends, so some, somebody got screwed. <laughs> or, or by not getting get screwed, it. technically. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's going to lock you in. Uh, best character design of the year, Sybil from Pseudo Regalia, second place. Sky from Endless Monday. Is it Dreams and Deadlines? That sounds right. Okay. I always, yeah. the subtitle, the order of it always flips in my head. Third place goes to Shulk That Fucks from <laughs> Xenoblade 3 Future Redeemed. <laughs> and runner up, Fuji from Disgaea 7. <laughs> Thank you to all of our nominees. I started laughing because I was like, okay, Dan, now make the joke that the same the same way you did with the Mana trailer where you're like, by the way, that was my first video game. I'm completely biased. And I'm like, what's that joke for this? They would buy that you're a furry, Dan. Don't fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I kept waiting. This is it. This is the moment it happens. <laughs> Wait, how long have you been waiting for me to come out as a furry? One second. 20 goddamn years. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, there's plenty of people who played Furcadia back in the day that, that aren't furries. Just, uh, I'm sure Riggs, one of them. Riggs, like, whoa, 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 don't drag me into this. <laughs> you know what? We just started by celebrating characters. Let's, uh, let's counter that a little bit by bringing down characters. The next category most pathetic character. I just noticed smoke. <laughs> the, the, the nominees are G5 Iguazu from Armored Core 6, Yeyasu from Disgaea 7, Penny from Endless Monday, Dreams and Deadlines, Ersted from Live Live? Oh, right, because it came out on PS5 this year, I suppose. Yes. Smoke from Mortal Kombat 1. Can we say on the Switch and just pretend that's how he's supposed to look? <laughs> I don't think so. I think we could just be like, no, that's... We can get the normal version of Smoke. Okay. <laughs> Pepino Spaghetti from Pizza Tower. Ashton Anchors from Star Ocean 2 R. Claude Kenny from Star Ocean 2 R. Matteo Katri from Starfield. Oops. I'm very interested to learn more. Obviously, this will have some uh, mild spoilers for Armor Core 6, Disguise 7, Endless Monday, Live Live, uh, Mortal Kombat 1, Pizza Tower, Star Ocean 2R, and Starfield. So if you don't want spoilers, maybe maybe just, just skip this section. Agro, I know it's you. Tell me about Mateo. So you've got this group of, of explorers in Starfield who come from all different walks of life and have different specialties. You've, you've got adventurers and assassins and scientists and that one guy who's really rich. Uh, and then in the corner of the room, you have Mateo, who is a, a young man in a stupid hat who interrupts 
every conversation that looks like it's about to go somewhere by saying, but what about the theological implications of what we're saying? And everyone turns to look at him and goes, <laughs> oh, God, that guy. What, what about them? And he goes, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying we should think about that. Okay. What should we think about that? I don't think you understand how this works. No, I'm, I just, I need to bring up that I, uh, have a religious background. And so that we need to consider how, what we're observing affects the way I feel about things. Okay. I'm voting for Mateo. I'm just kidding. Oh, no, no. That's, that's just annoying. Pathetic is the end of the game. <laughs> no! no. When you get all of the bullshit together and go to the thing that lets you hop universes, you, you actually get the choice to like, take some people with you and, and, and different characters are like, fuck. Yeah. I want to go. We're like, no, I can't leave this universe. I've got family. And Mateo, he was like, Oh, this, this is an exciting opportunity to understand more about the universe. And then at the end of the game is just like, yeah, but I'm a giant bitch. So I've decided not to go for no discernible reason. <laughs> Thanks, Mateo. Thank you for being the biggest waste of fucking time and space imaginable <laughs> you know i feel like 80 percent of aggro's anger during game of the year is just starfield right <laughs> it was a great year with a lot of great video games and starfield, starfield. snuck in with them <laughs> um aggro your experience with star ocean 2 is limited correct mm-hmm. uh chris would you like to Maybe illuminate aggro on Ashton Anchors. Uh, so he has really bad luck to the point you cannot raise his luck by any means. It's always set to worst. Aww. And just his whole thing is being pathetic. Like all of his dialogue is about how he it's like, oh, everyone's mean to me and I bruise so easily. And all of the private actions are just him being abused. <laughs> usually usually by the girl he likes who will just be like i'm i'm i i, I invented this wacky taser can i try it on you and chasing like chasing him around a fountain in a city this doesn't make any sense like i'm listening to this description i'm looking at his character design but there's already a character in this game voiced by spike spencer i know isn't that weird but he's a different yeah. kind of pathetic yes <laughs> This dude literally looks like he should be voiced by Spice Spencer. And the weirdest part is in the anime, he almost sounds like he's voiced by Spike <laughs> Spencer. <laughs> I'll just explain Claude too. He's an incel. Like there's like, that's it. Like every single time <laughs> the heroine Rena receives attention from another guy or isn't paying him enough attention. He becomes like a weird and shitty to the point other characters are even like, dude, you're acting crazy because she like looked at that dude. And, and because he's voiced by Spike Spencer, like it comes off as so unbelievably pathetic. Uh, well, you know, in his defense, he uh, went on a journey on an alien planet and saved a girl. So like she has to love him forever because he earned a woman and like and he's owed, you know. <laughs> And if you get the ending where they get married, spoilers for Star Ocean 2, one specific character ending you can get. You don't have to get this one. He's like 
Oh, sorry, I've been away for like six months on military business and have to go away again. Woman I brought from her rural planet to space. Yeah, that, that I took from everything, and then like, well, I have, I, I'm, I'm still in the military. I'm sorry that I knocked you up and took you away from everyone you've ever known. <sighs> yeah, I got that ending. Was pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, he sucks bad. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean you're still just in the military after that? What? <laughs> well, like, his dad was bro, clearly bro, after one, so right? I guess that's just how that works. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, bro, you. Like, imagine, fist, like, taking down Broly and you still have to go to your job the next day. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing I think about a lot. It's like, is the good ending really you go back to space? Are you sure? <laughs> I should probably explain Iguazu also, because Agar didn't play Igu uh, Armored Core 6. Oh, yeah, or right. somebody else can. I don't oh. have to explain everybody. Um, Actually, you know, next I would rather hear about Ersted. Okay, so uh, after you beat all of the story in Live a Live, it unlocks the new one, so which is Orsted's. Super spoilers for super Live a Live. Spoilers yeah, super for spoilers Live a Live. for a game that a game that is technically thirty years old. Yeah, you but should have played it until last year. You should have played it with it. Well, I mean, it had a translation. I mean, yeah, it, it had a translation. It didn't have an official translation until last year. You should have played it on your emulator, so that way you could make a little game called Undertale. That's true. But only if you also played Brandish. Oh, um, <laughs> anyway, they unlock they unlock Medieval, and it's like, oh, you're this knight, Aristid. You win a tournament at the start against your best friend, so you get to marry the princess. And then the demon lord captures the princess, and you have to go on an adventure to rescue her and defeat the demon lord. And see, and that's how it's supposed to work. Kenny's right, <laughs> right. And then, and then, uh, and then at the end. And then at the end of of his chapter, you get like the actual events of the chapter in a flashback where the princess obviously hates this and despises you. Your best friend transparently is super fucking upset because he was actually in love with this woman and you're not an Orsted isn't at all. So it just becomes, man, you suck. You're the worst person who ever lived, Orsted. And he has to kill everybody, everyone he's ever known. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then that was all that. Like he got cucked so hard, he became the ultimate evil of the entire game. That's hilarious. Yeah, uh, that's why. That's why me and Bob kind of alluded to like, man, it's sure hard to be the first person to do something because uh, <laughs> it maybe doesn't land nearly as well thirty years later on a remake. Hmm. <laughs> uh, G five G five Iguazu from Armored Core Six. One of the first things you come across is a text log about Iguazu where his ally he has left because he went AWOL is dying in a battle and just goes, these odds are impossible. I wish you were here, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Iguazu sucks. <laughs> Iguazu is not a man of character that anyone likes. He's... Horribly self-centered, thin-skinned, sucks at his job, is literally chosen by the manipulative AI because he's the last warm body around. You you beat his ass like once or twice and he it takes over his mind. He has to own you. And you can tell, even though the main character doesn't actually say anything, that he doesn't even know this guy. Yeah, no, that, you just you don't know him. He's your arch nemesis in his brain, right? 
Uh, there is a really great mission on one of the uh, new game route, uh, new game plus routes, where he just shows up to fight you on on a mission where he wasn't there before, and then two camouflaged mechs also show up and start attacking both of you. And if you ignore both of them and keep hitting him, you just completely ignore the two entities that have jumped in this and are attacking you also. Uh-huh. You just completely forget. He cries so fucking hard. Oh, it's It good. is really funny. He just shits his pants crying and screaming at you. Which is really great because they had a shipping crate nearby, which gave me cover from the other two mechs and I murdered him. And he's like, are you serious? We're getting shot at! <laughs> <laughs> It felt so good watching him die. <laughs> uh, hey, Bob. I feel like Smoke might be here because of you. I didn't write him in, but I can oh, tell you okay. what happened. Oh, yeah. Did, did, did regale me with uh, the, the story of Smoke from Mortal Kombat 1. So everyone else in that game, basically, everyone who's important has a chapter that you get to play as them for an extended period of time and find something else that happens in the the progressive story of Mortal Kombat 1. Oh, that's cool. What's Smoke's chapter? He doesn't get one. (laughs) Are you sure he's in that game? (laughs) Yes. He is, in fact, the brother of, like, Sub-Zero and Scorpion, like, hanging out with them all the time. And they keep being like, oh, he's about to do his thing. And that time never comes. It's true. There are multiple <laughs> cutscenes where it's just like, I smoke have an opinion on this. And then he just basically sits down and shuts up. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm going to be completely, like, blunt. I think it's inherently pathetic to be a cyborg ninja guy and also be white. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> just, like, you have some real... American Ninja 80s VHS movie energy. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's, that's more like it's like I'm the I'm I'm the only white guy in the Lin Kuei assassination guild. But that's great. <laughs> that makes him the cool white guy, right? <laughs> Not if you never do anything. <laughs> well, it should have made him the cool white guy, <laughs> right? Because it, it, part of it's like, oh yeah, Lin Kuei just ad- adopt all these um, orphan children to take into their their leagues, and then they have. A multi-ethnic diverse squad of ninjas, but that only is him. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly the the best version of that because now the Lin Kuei has like that one random white guy, but he's not the best ninja for no fucking reason. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's almost like its own diversity hire where they're like, hey, we need you to come over here and just kind of be a mediocre white guy. And he's like, I can do that. Right? Like, we're out here killing people. Like, we need smoke around in case the cops show up. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, you know, that's not exactly uh, a win for him. Is that what you're... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, none of this isn't making him pathetic, but he's not a bad mm. person. <laughs> mm. Who else needs to be explained on here? Uh, Agro didn't play Pizza Tower. Okay, uh, Pepino is like a 40-year-old man who's constantly having anxiety attacks. Uh, he doesn't have any money. And uh, he he seems to just be mad all the time because like the anxiety twists with rage. Yeah, he's clearly deeply oh. bipolar. Um, the uh, setup to the game is they built the pizza tower in his pizza restaurant's backyard, basically. To, to, he, he's an it's, 80s It's literally dad. just... <laughs> An evil pizza face. Pizza face is just like, I'm going to fuck with this guy. 
uh, hey, I built a tower in your backyard. Uh, I have a ray gun on it. I'm going to blow up your house if you don't come stop me. Yeah. So he, uh, and I just think it's deeply pathetic that you get money for clearing a level and collecting all the, the collectibles, the toppies. You get $10 for each one, meaning if you get 100% completion on this game, Pepino leaves the game with like $40. <laughs> <laughs> Also, it's really good during the ending sequence how everyone's supposed to be happy and enjoying their time at Pepino's Pizza Restaurant and other places. And in every single one of those pictures, Pepino's just having an anxiety attack and melting. Yeah, the pizza party that is him giving the other bosses of the game free pizza so they don't beat him to death for the <laughs> earlier ass whooping he gave them. <laughs> uh... Yeah, there's a reason that uh, the fan art of Kobeni is, is <laughs> his Pepino. daughter <laughs> was going around. <laughs> That's really good. Oh, man. Okay. And uh, explain Penny from Endless Monday. What's so pathetic about this character? Penny, the she main character. She just put off her Endless art Monday. project that she needed to get done for a job for entire months to begin with at the beginning of the game maybe for two months for two months and then gets a lease on twist time travel to get another like six months or maybe entire year and she still just can't do it yeah yeah she spends all the time and instead of that she spent a bunch of time she spent all her time drawing terrible little comics of her character that is obviously the co-worker she's in love with which is so fucking funny because looking at that i was like that is clearly her drawing her co-worker right and then her coworker eventually sees it. And she's like, "Is that me?" And I'm like, "Oh, good, she noticed." <laughs> hey, she also wasted her time on a mobile game about chopping it, chopping down coconut trees. No, any trees. Just it's lumber, lass. It's just you, you tap, it, and the game is entirely tap a button. That's the game. Just tap your screen over and over. What, what's so pathetic about that, Bob? <laughs> Nothing, man. Okay, it's totally fine. Yeah, she's, That's good. she's just she, she'll just play it until she blacks out and sleeps for eighteen hours. <laughs> Normal behavior, right there. God, she's just like me for real. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say we get four votes. We're gonna let Bob start. I got her on one on Penny. She's really? so pathetic. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, how could she be pathetic when I find her so relatable? <laughs> Claude, he sucks. He's that exact kind of pathetic that just sucks. <laughs> he he's, suck. he's it, honestly, he's pathetic in a delightful way. It, it, see, I think Cla Claude is deeply pathetic and I think has the potential to place in this category. But he's also delightful because Rinna doesn't put up with it like at all. Like, a there's a little bit of I, I can fix him. There's too much I can fix him. <laughs> but there's also like her like verbally like slapping him around it's like what the fuck's your problem maybe you should behave yourself aren't you an adult and a man uh iguazu and let me see there's so many good candidates here i'll give one to orsteed chris mm. claude penny iguazu and matteo Oh yeah, the the weird Claude's like first half is all about how he is like a weird incel, and then like halfway through the game it becomes more about like uh 
I live in my dad's shadow, and that's the only thing I can think about. <laughs> Nothing pathetic about that, right? Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. In his dad's defense, his dad was a main character in the previous game, so I guess he has a lot to live up to. There's, yeah, there's but some he was, deep metaphors there. He wasn't the main character, though. He was that's kind true. of the third he was not. <laughs> he was. I think he. I think he's the medic. Yeah, he was the one character I never used. I remember that much. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine living in the shadow of the character Bob didn't even use. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and vote next. Uh, let's see. I don't, I don't know that Penny's pathetic, you know? I just I don't see it. <laughs> All right, yeah, man. Th this is a safe place for emotional honesty. <laughs> I'm going to vote for Ashton Anchors. Uh, this might be mostly informed by the anime, but everything you said is exactly how he is in the anime. But the important thing is that the inventor girl looks like she's 10. <laughs> So him being head over heels for this 10-year-old inventor that's like, I'm going to tase you. And he goes, okay. <laughs> this is like fucking terrible. The On top of him dealing with his dragons, like biting at him and yelling at each other and shit. Yeah, and he has us have an unhealthy obsession with barrels. Yeah, God, what the fuck was... Anyway, so one point goes to Ashton. Mateo's pretty compelling. I know, uh, there's so many good ones here. I feel bad I didn't vote for Ashton or Mateo myself. What about Pepino? Why didn't you vote for Pepino? I feel bad for Pepino more than anything else. <laughs> that doesn't make him not pathetic. <laughs> there's something, you know, Pepino's running a pizza restaurant. He has PTSD from the ward he was in. There's a lot. He's, he's, He's only the hero of this game because he's afraid of being blown up by a ray gun. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of there's a lot of pathetic but he's able to pull th pull through all of that and still be a main character of this game and uh, and achieving. Like, it doesn't make him not pathetic. Petty's the main character of Endless Monday. And you could say she doesn't achieve anything. <laughs> That's, that's not true. Depending on the ending. She, 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 got, she got it done. <laughs> Except in all those ones where she didn't. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it to Iguazu because, you know, I think Bob summarized it the best. Main character is silent, and yet somehow you know he does not see this dude as his arch enemy. What the fuck is this guy's deal? He genuinely thinks you sit around and have conversations about him. <laughs> right? You don't even know his fucking name. I'm going to give it to Mateo. Fuck Mateo. God damn it. Fucking Jesus Christ. Uh, now it's Agro's turn. Uh, where'd we land on uh, me just dumping four votes on Mateo? <laughs> <laughs> I believe I was banished from doing such <laughs> techniques before, but I totally see where you're coming from. <laughs> okay, so, so a mere single vote for Mateo. Fuck that guy. Um, I'm going to give one to Ashton Anchors. If for nothing else, then I looked at his character design and went, that's a Spike Spencer character. <laughs> yeah, he sure looks like that. <laughs> He's hanging out with uh, Spike Spencer's character from Bleach in the sewers of the Soul Society. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You would find him there. I'd believe you it. You would. Absolutely. Penny from Endless Monday. Yes. I feel like there's a lot of anti-procrastination <laughs> propaganda and hate speech going on right now. <laughs> mm. 
There's a, there's a lot of bits at the bottom of this barrel. I think I'm going to go with the Guazu. It's hard not to. Yeah. There's, there's just something compelling about just being that shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for Armor Core 6. He's the final boss of the super hard ending, like the final ending. I'm and it's so unearned and bad. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's not the final boss. The final boss is puppeting him because he was there. Yes. It's so sad that dude didn't even earn being used as a puppet. That's that's so fucking pitiful. <laughs> like it's very from soft to have the final boss be a guy who hates you personally so much that you've never thought about that it like that like an evil force possessed him. Just imagine a dude who was a, behind you once in a drive-through and you took a little long ordering. So like six months later, he shows up empowered by an evil god to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I've organized this. Uh, we have four votes on G5 Iguazu from Core 6. Three votes each on Penny from Endless Monday and Matteo Katri from Starfield. Two votes each on Ashton Anchors and Claude Kenny from Star Ocean 2 R. And then one vote each on Ersted and Pepino Spaghetti from Pizza Tower. Just, you know, I'm okay letting Pepino sink to the bottom, but I got to say real quick, Pepino's pitiful in the exact way, like pathetic in the exact same way, like a chihuahua that's cold <laughs> in a room that isn't cold at all is, just shivering. <laughs> that is Pepino. <laughs> pathetic, yes, but you feel bad for him. I uh, I feel strongly that either Claude or Ashton should move up to battle Penny and Matteo. I think that's right. It should be Claude. I tend to agree. Like, Ashton is the pathetic archetype. Like, he exists to you look at him and say, that's Spike Spencer. Claude's the main character, and he's out here with his fists clenched, like shaking, almost crying, because Rena is talking to her childhood friend who is also a guy. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Quagmire's like the sex pest next door. He's not the main character <laughs> family guy. <laughs> like Ashton Anchors, like he's just unequal to the challenges of life. Claude Kenny... He has some real problems, but he cannot manage to have an appropriate emotional reaction to any of them. He always gets the level wrong. <laughs> okay, well, we'll move Claude up. I think everyone's okay with that. And we'll leave Ashton down there in the did-it-even-make-runners-up category. Uh, is everyone okay locking in Iguazu? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> okay, so... We're currently looking at Penny from Endless Monday, Matteo Catri from Starfield, and Claude Kenny from Star Ocean 2R. I'm going to give us two votes each. And uh, I'm going to say every time you vote for Penny, I'm going to take it personally and uh, be really <laughs> shitty to you in the future in really not okay way. So you'll just have to put up with it. All right, I'm going to vote for Dan. No! <laughs> that was some seriously Claude behavior right there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, does that, does that mean a vote on Penny or a vote on Claude? <laughs> I give it about eight votes. <laughs> Uh, we'll go and start voting with Bob. This is actually really tough. It is. 
Mateo someone I want to I want to time travel to make sure one of those celebrities that killed a person with their car killed Mateo (laughs) (laughs) I definitely gotta give one to Claude it really is between Penny and Mateo now Mm. you know what the right thing to do is I'll leave it on Penny but I'm willing to debate later yeah so here's the problem Penny's failing at her job because of her procrastination problem. She's pathologically a procrastinator in a way that neither Tosh or myself has ascended to. (laughs) Thank God. But I just don't know. Matteo isn't any better. Matteo is only allowed to exist because we decided to live in a civil society. (laughs) It's true. Every time he interrupts a a forward-moving conversation, you can hear all the people with PhDs in the room clench inside before they slowly turn and go, yes, Mateo, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, Penny has the capabilities to be, like, not pathetic. She does. Penny draws Tiger Chan comics, and they are very cool. Absolutely very cool. Don't 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 check into it. <laughs> don't look at the, they're great. Yeah, okay. Um, you got me, Mateo. <laughs> uh okay. Let's take it off going uh hey Agro, how are you gonna follow this? I just don't know. Mateo is a man who doesn't just lack the courage of his convictions. He lacks convictions yeah and also the decency to just shut the fuck up (laughs) god i hate him you know how bethesda characters will just go to sleep when it's time for them to go to sleep yeah but like you have you still have to talk to them so they'll just get up and talk to you and then go back to bed yeah yeah relatable yeah that's what was happening when he told me that he just didn't have the courage to go to the other universe (laughs) So then I'm he, surprised you he asked climbed him. back into he bed. He fucking showed up in his house at 1 a.m. He walks to the door in his pajamas and he's just like, dude, I didn't mean any of that shit. Leave Look, me alone. I don't, just, you're, see, you're, you're not doing, you're helping him in this case because some fucking jackass shows up at my house at 2 a.m. is like, you want to go to another dimension? I'm like, it's 2 a.m. Can you ask me in six hours? No, he spent all fucking day talking about how excited he was to go see more of the universe. Yeah. I think at the end there, he realized, oh, wait, we're just going to go to multiple universes, and that's really going to strain my whole vague God is real bullshit. So no. Nah, you think that would, you think that would reinforce here. the God is real bullshit? No. I don't know. I, I feel like if I tr- if I am sent to an alternate version of my own reality, I f- I don't feel like I leave that more sure God does isn't real. <laughs> I feel like that pulls that back into the vague area a little bit more. But you may find something out there that literally proves he isn't. Presumably the people you bring don't. They just go sit in the base forever again. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. Using that logic, he's a Bethesda character, and thus the most pathetic. Honestly, I, I don't I don't know how that plays out, because either you just don't get to take anybody, or I forgot to bring them, because I went alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if that was me or the game. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Claude Kenny, second vote. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Hey, Chris. Uh, Claude. 
I am genuinely like now like, why did I make that joke at the beginning? <laughs> Everyone listening to this is actually going to think any of that was sincere. <laughs> Penny, how fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can you can make, you, you know, you can say she's pathologic, a pathological procrastinator and can't help it. But she seems to get over that when she's banished to Stardew Valley in the endings where you don't finish the job. <laughs> Like, I don't know, she seems to do okay once she's put on a farm and has to fight monsters for gold. Yeah, you fucking asked me, that was the happy ending. Right. It was the best ending in that game. Oh, yeah, and again, she she's depressed because she never sees her co-worker again. You can't call her? No, it's impossible. I mean, she does let her down real bad, so I get it. Maybe there's some weird tension there because of that, and maybe you got them both fired. I think she gets them fired in every single hit. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote for Claude Kenny, obviously. Um, God, Claude, Claude, Claude Sweep here. Claude Sweep here. Uh, <laughs> this is really hard because you know, even as someone who obviously deals with a uh, procrastination being a constant menace, uh, even I multiple times throughout playing Endless Monday, go, really? <laughs> Are you fucking real? <laughs> And I'm trying to I'm trying to successfully divest divest my my strong urge to see Matteo hit by a celebrity driver who's drunk. <laughs> From how pathetic is he truly? And it's like, yeah, he's he's worse, man. He's worse than Penny. That's I genuinely believe that. <laughs> Under the day, he's a poorly written Bethesda character, which is truly pathetic. He's not. In the description Agro has given, uh-huh. I wouldn't even say his problem is he's a p- poorly written Bethesda character. It is that he's written exactly to be the insipid, weak-willed, fake son of a bitch. I want to see hit by a Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> or Matthew Broderick. Man, if only we had this category when uh, Halo Infinite came out. <laughs> Wait, this category of who do you want to be CP hit by a celebrity driver who's drunk? <laughs> no, just both pathetic, but I I mean... Didn't we? Is that not... I don't think so. I think this is a new category for we this had... year. Yeah, this is a new category. Oh. Did we just call it worst character? Yes, yeah, we just called oh, it worst okay. character. Okay. And yeah, yeah, that, that would have that fit that guy to a fucking T. <laughs> okay, based on our voting, Penny's currently runner-up. Claude Kenny is currently second place, and Matteo is third. How do people feel about that? Makes sense to me. Bob? Yeah, that seems right. Agro? I am fully aware that I have a very specific and personal hatred of this character. <laughs> me too, buddy! <laughs> <laughs> and, and fucking, these, these other two are just galaxy-brained shit bags <laughs> <laughs> so so this looks good to me if it was biggest douchebag Matteo would literally be unstoppable <laughs> at that point it wouldn't even be sponsored by we would just he would be the only guy nominated because he outdid all of the others well that's gonna do it then uh, most pathetic character goes to Iguazu from Armored Core 6. Second place is Claude Kenny from Star Ocean 2R. Third place goes to Matteo Katri from Starfield.
and runner-up, Penny from Endless Monday. Gentlemen, the next uh, category is most mind-numbing bark. I have made a playlist of all the things the princess from Silent Hope says. Oh, no. Choosing one of them is literally impossible because she has 18 catchphrases. It says them all like firing bullets from a Tommy gun anytime you spend a minute in town. If you spend 20 minutes, you will have heard 30 things. Here's my problem. I can't choose one. She says too many. So here's my proposition. Can we nominate the princess from Silent Hope of prom queen of the most mind-numbing bark category and debate individual mind-numbing barks for everyone else? You're saying elevator above everything and just be like, just she basically sponsors basically it. Basically sponsored by because she is nonstop for 20 hours straight. Yeah, she is like a villain almost <laughs> level of like, wow, you are literally like a personification of a mind numbing bark. <laughs> I'm cool with that. That sounds all right. Yeah. Cool. Okay, then that officially makes the next category most mind-numbing bark presided over by the prom queen, the princess from Silent Hope. The nominees are... <laughs> Wait a second, I just realized, do I have to impersonate this? Because it sounds like I'm nominating the guy if I just read it normally. Right, you gotta... I, can, I, I can try. I, you can, I can try the ones I remember anyway. Okay, go ahead. Alan Wake. From Alan Wake 2. Crispy Critters. From Atomic Heart. Summoning Raptors. We actually have that sound. We don't even have to. <laughs> From Axel Primal. I can't. <laughs> I forgot. I can't wait to take a load off. Bob, you got to do the other half. A load off what? From Forspoken. That's enough. From Final <laughs> Fantasy 16. <laughs> Who? Okay. I have no idea how this one said. Gotta try hard sometime. Check out this awesome move. From Honkai Star Rail. I'm starving. From Octopath Traveler 2. Oh, it's these guys again. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> From Star Ocean 2R. Come here, bunny. From Star Ocean 2R and... I'm feeling full of beans <laughs> from Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Future Redeemed. I can't hear it without hearing Xenoblade music cranked to 11. I know. Isn't that the best part about barks from Xenoblade? You just fill the music in your head. I don't know why that's always the case, but it is. I'm going to say we get four votes. Is everyone okay with that? Yeah, that seems right. Mm-hmm. I'm voting for That's Enough. Uh, I, I listened to some content, some podcasts where they have a soundbite where they just say, that's enough. And then Final Fantasy 16 came out and my life was over. <laughs> for people who don't know, in Final Fantasy 16, Clive says, that's enough. When he does a cool finisher move to enemies, and I don't know why he says that like he's grounding them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely nominating that. Summoning Raptors was so strong it instantly made its way onto the soundboard because that is a hilarious sound bite. I only played the beta for that game, but Summoning Raptors is a hilarious sound. <sighs> I'm going to have to give it also to Crispy Critters because he says that 17 times playing through that game and uh, it's kind of funny and it grows on you. Right, it never once makes actual sense and it's always great. <laughs> I'm going to just search up real quick, see if uh, yeah, YouTube... 
brings it up. I'm just going to Google, I'm full of beans, Xenoblade Chronicles. Of course it will. <laughs> I'm feeling full of beans. <laughs> hey, thank you, YouTube. Bob, yeah. I come to you for advice. You're my grand vizier. Okay. Okay. Do I give it to you? I'm feeling full of beans or I can't wait to take a load off. A load off what? <sighs> the Forspoken one, in my mind, more mind numbing because it's awful. Yeah. And it's really long. It does make my brain flatline. Um, whereas full of beans is a Xenoblade quote. You're stuck with it in your head forever. <laughs> <laughs> like a pebble that forced its way. <laughs> right? I'm feeling full of beans. I'm going to go positive with my vote. <laughs> we go next to Chris. I, I can't explain why, but just to myself every so often, I go, Alan Wake. <laughs> so, <laughs> Alan Wake. Crispy Critters is delightful. I think more games need to just give their protagonist like an exclamate, an expletive that makes no sense whatsoever. It's true. I saw people and just on, have them yell it sometimes. I saw people on Twitter acting like it was the worst thing ever that he said that. I'm like, you're all weak. We have no use for you now. <laughs> Honkai Star Rail, because I can just see that game. That because I'm sure that if you're actually playing the game, you using that character, you probably hear that almost constantly. And one left. That Forspoken one just makes my teeth ache when I hear it, so that one. <laughs> yeah, it's real fucking bad. Yeah, it's horrible, because it's it's like one of the only lines that's recorded, it feels like. Because there's nothing else you can say when she goes into a hideout. She just will always say that. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, like, they didn't record enough lines for her walking into one of the inns. So you hear that one a lot, and it's dumb every time. It's like a bad stand-up routine that just goes on forever. And spoilers for Forspoken here. The fact you hear it after the ending. Uh -huh. Like they're still running their comedy duo after the ending. Yeah, because everything's just back to normal and it's fine that, that he did that. I was furious. <laughs> that one moment may have been the most mad I was at the game. I'm like, you can't have done what you did and then go back to your fucking stand-up routine. Bob. Yeah. You're next. Um, yeah. First spoken. You know, that, that, that Forspoken line's so bad, it makes you go, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that did, because you played those podcasts around me, <laughs> gravely affect my brain. But I'm going to hold off on voting that for a moment. He sounds like he's grounding them. <laughs> he does. It's so weird. I don't know why he says that. Why you think it's a cool line to say after you just killed a non-sentient animal. It's like his fucking... <laughs> His victory phrase should be, come on now. <laughs> Don't talk to your sister like that. <laughs> okay, children, calm down. My next vote's going to be for, I'm feeling full of beans. You have two more. Oh, it's these guys again. <laughs> you, he starts saying that as soon as you out-level an enemy even slightly. Yeah. So... You hear it a lot. You hear it more than, oh, I'd say that's about 8 out of 10. Uh, I, I feel like we should make our new raid sound effect for when we get raided. That. <laughs> oh, it's these guys again. 
Because that's what people will say coming into the stream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Man, I'm going through that's enough. <laughs> I, dude, <laughs> I think a core part of what makes a mind numbing bark so mind numbing is how little it makes sense for the character to be saying it in the context they're saying it. Uh, yeah, and I was actually upset when it left because he thought he says it for like most uh, of the game, right? Like 20 hours in the middle of the game at least, and then it stops, and I'm like. But where is it? What are you doing? You had the perfect victory quote. I, I apparently, <laughs> according to you. <laughs> okay, uh, aggro's next. Uh, I too will vote for that's enough <laughs> because that bark was attached to the most mind-numbing combat of the year, and recalling it now is actually making my brain feel fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep mashing that square button. <laughs> In Honkai Star Rail, your characters basically have three moves. The regular one, the special one, and, and like, the special one. The alt. Yeah, the alt. And, oh, fuck. Every time they do it, they, they say, like, a two-line thing. And this is the one for March 7th. <laughs> I knew. And of course. so many enemies had her elemental weakness for so much of the first part of that game. I was spamming that alt rapid fire, and I wanted to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just that one like there were other ones like oh yeah i got kind of tired of hearing it but for some reason this one felt like a spike being driven into my temple after a while man some neptunia games are coming out in this next year i need to play at least one of them so i can add a like a kangaroo to next year <laughs> Guys. uh forespoken yeah, no, it, it's, it came up too many times. Like, guys, write a couple more lines to put in the basket. It's just, it's too much. And I'm going to vote for uh, I'm Feeling Full of Beans, because I feel like I thought all of this Xenoblade shit was behind me last year. <laughs> and these beans reared their head once again to haunt me. I'm so excited for when on the Switch 2 they ray trace those beans. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Organized by most votes to least votes. Tied with three votes each. We have, I can't wait to take a load off. A load off what? And then instead of a laugh track, you get the vacuum sound like they do with the Big Bang Theory edits on YouTube. Uh, from Forspoken. That's enough. From Final Fantasy 16. I'm feeling full of beans from Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Future Redeemed. With two votes each, tying for runner-up, is Crispy Critters from Atomic Heart. And Agro, I'm going to have you say it again, even though it's a spike in your brain. I loved hearing you say it. Can you say it again? Gotta try hard sometime. Check out this awesome move. <laughs> uh, and then with one vote each is Alan Wake. <laughs> from Alan Wake 2. Summoning raptors from Exoprimal and you know what, Bob, you do it again. Oh, it's these guys again. <laughs> Bob, you should have voice acted a PS1 JRPG. <laughs> it would have been perfect. From Star Ocean 2. I think largely this pecking order is correct. Uh, obviously, we need to sort the ties. Does everyone else agree or does something need to fall or rise? Yeah, I think that I'm, I'm cool with working from here. Mm -hmm. Chris? Yeah. Um, okay, let's start with the runner-up, Crispy Critters. Bob? 
Gotta try hard sometime. You gotta say the whole thing. Check out this awesome move. It sounds like fucking reading Rainbow. <laughs> yeah, no, I played that game enough to hear this too oh. many times. <laughs> Jesus. That was only like two hours in. Chris. Gotta try hard sometime. <laughs> Check out this awesome move. Hey, aggro. <laughs> Which of these two do you think? Gotta try hard sometime. <laughs> Check out this awesome move. I'm starting to feel glad that I didn't play all guys' star rail if you all just landslided that past crispy critters. <laughs> crispy critters is a national fucking treasure. <laughs> I clapped every time they said it. Right. He doesn't say it like uh, just when you shoot something randomly. You don't hear it repeatedly. They they designed where you hear crispy critters. That's true. Okay. We have our top three of I can't wait to take a load off. A load off what? That's enough. And (laughs) I'm feeling full of beans. We had two votes each. We're going to start with Chris. I can't wait to take a load off. <laughs> a load off what? <laughs> and that's enough. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> now I want to hear the that's enough. From Clive? By, yeah, from Clive. <laughs> followed immediately by the fall of anti-tactics. Oh! <laughs> and like the dying killed. sound. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, Bob, I gotta ask you. Yeah. You beat the Xenoblade 3 DLC. Yeah. I have not yet. I may buy the top 10, but it's skeptical. Right. Chasing that backlog. How many times do you estimate you heard, I'm feeling full of beans? Immeasurable. (laughs) He is, in fact, your main character. Yeah. And he likes saying that. Cool. I'm going to give my first vote to That's Enough. I feel like the mind-numbing aspect here is really important. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, based on that, I'm going to give it to, I can't wait to take a load off, a load off what? Because, oh, you ever have that friend who just cracks the same joke forever and you just, you just, at some point you start getting enraged and you're like, stop, it wasn't funny ever. Just fucking stop. That didn't even make sense when you said it. That's how that Lesser felt. Lesser two weevils. <sighs> I was going to say, no, I don't have a friend like that. I have taken on the responsibility of being that friend. Responsibility. Agro's going to get like stranded with a bunch of ship like on a shipwreck with a bunch of other people and just kill three people and be like, I've taken the initiative to be the problem. (laughs) Now you can all unite against me. (laughs) I'm a hero, actually. Next, we're going to have Bob vote. I can't take wait to take a load off. A load off what? And yeah, there's something about mind-numbing bark where it is negative, so I have to give it to that's enough. <laughs> Even though I like I like feeling full of beans way more. Like it's just a better quote. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like in years past, it felt like mind-numbing could be really positive, but the effects of that's enough, and I can't wait to take a load off, a load off what are so deleterious to brain activity. <laughs> I feel like it supersedes all, like, positive connotations. It feels overpowered. Who's left to vote? 
Uh, I am. I heard the mind-numbing barks too much and forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Aggro, go ahead and vote. Uh, This is not going to go any different. (laughs) It's take a load (laughs) off and that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, that's pretty clear that I'm feeling full of beans is in third place. We need to figure out who's first and who's second. You get one vote each. Let's go, Chris. Forspoken. Bob. Forspoken. Agro. Forspoken. Holy shit. Uh, Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, let's lock this in and keep moving before it takes the rest of my brain activity. Most mind-numbing bark presided over by the prom queen, who's the princess from Silent Hope. The winner is, I can't wait to take a load off. A load off what? From Forspoken. That's enough. From Final Fantasy 16. I'm feeling full of beads. From Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Future Redeemed, and runner-up. Agra, I'll let you. Gotta try hard sometime. Check out this awesome move. <laughs> From Honkai Star Rail. Hey guys, can we have the conversation that is every single thing that one is an RPG? <laughs> I mean, Final Fantasy 16 isn't, but other than that. <laughs> yeah. I just, I feel like there might be a problem. <laughs> Look, look, for your RPG, you have to have something like this that repeats and you hear it a lot. And it should be something positive, like full of beans, not something negative like those that, top two. Like, that's enough. <laughs> I like that we have a fucking game where every spooky ghost just goes, I'll awake. <laughs> and it's like, nah, that ain't nothing compared to that's enough. <laughs> well, thank you to all of our nominees. Maybe next time next time you guys will win and my brain will just die entirely. Speaking of brain dead, the next category, dumbest thing in a game. This is going to include very substantial spoilers for the games Atomic Heart, Bat Boy, Forspoken, 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 <laughs> Final Fantasy 16, Goodbye Volcano High, Immortals of Avium, Like a Dragon Guide and the Man Who Erased His Name, Mortal Kombat 1, <laughs> Pokemon Sleep, <laughs> Spider-Man 2, Starfield, and The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. The nominees are... The ending of Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart's weapon acquisition system. The fetish boss from Batboy. The Tantas know exactly what is happening and do the dumbest thing possible from Forspoken. Orphans don't have souls from Forspoken. The sequel hook at the end of the Forspoken <laughs> DLC. God. Clive's mom from Final Fantasy 16. Half of the game is filler made by other people from Goodbye Volcano High. The Ever War from Immortals of Avium. The entire plot basically from Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Mortal Kombat 1's last few hours. Sleep Pass from Pokemon Sleep. No Uncle Ben in a set piece about Peter Parker's trauma from Spider-Man 2. 
the Starborn from Starfield, and Link getting his arm back at the end of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Agro, I, I don't know if you nominated it, but I want you to describe the ending of Atomic Heart. Are you okay with that, or do you want to relinquish that effort to Chris? Uh, there's actually something missing from this list, I'm noticing. Oh, uh, okay. Well, while you figure... Wait, what is it? Uh, it's the shoddy, also from Starfield. Oh, okay. I could have sworn I had added that. Hey, Chris, would you like to describe the ending of Atomic Heart? I don't think I put it here, and I'm legitimately having problems remembering because <laughs> that was a year ago. Uh, so there's two endings to Atomic Heart. One is you stop listening to the glove and kill the glove. And that seems to be the good ending. Because the other ending, you go and fight the two sexy robot bodyguards of your adopted dad and then kill your adopted dad. And then the glove is like, uh, I'm evil and now I'm a big goo monster. Anyway, see you in the sequel. And then he walks out of the room cheeked up and you're like, what the <laughs> yeah. hell happened here? <laughs> and then it implies that you're like trapped in a coma fantasy. And then the DLC is about that coma fantasy, I think. Yes, that, that I believe that is correct. Uh, Agro, you know, I think you're definitely the best candidate to describe this next one. Can you describe Atomic Heart's weapon acquisition system and how good it was? <laughs> Look, I don't know what you peasants all have a problem with, all right? I played Atomic Heart and got every weapon in the game in pretty much exactly the order and timing that I needed to because God loves me. <laughs> <laughs> Local man's... Local man spends 70 extra dollars to play a video game. Gets good weapon faster. More at 11. They made a shooter where what weapons you get is randomized. And not like Borderlands where you get a shit ton of weapons and they all have different stats. Like, hey, do you get the machine gun? Maybe. Do you get the rocket launcher? Probably not. <laughs> Yeah, you have to craft your weapons, and the crafting things drop at specific points. But which ones drop is random, and the weapons and mods for the weapons are not in different pools. No. <laughs> so if you have bad luck, you can just get, like, all the pistol mods and the shotgun. Or you can get every weapon and get fewer weapon mods. Maybe they should have just had specific points where you get specific weapons like every other game ever made. <laughs> uh, hey, Chris, would you like to describe the fetish boss for Batboy? And I know the literal answer to the literal question I asked you is no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Batboy is a very transparent cribbing of Shovel Knight. Like, it's identical in a lot of ways. It has the exact same map screen. It has Kickstarter bosses like Shovel Knight. There is one, like, short platforming challenge in an optional thing on the world map that is very, very difficult. It is by far the most difficult platforming section in the game, even more than any of the stuff at the end. And what you get after it is a boss fight against, a, you know, a, a large but not suspiciously large woman. Yeah. Uh, she, she throws balls at you and you bat them back. And then once you complete that challenge, she gets pissed becomes enormous and rotund and her her the combat the, the boss fight is now she's going to jump in the air and try to butt stomp you and when she does the butt stomp food falls down from the ceiling and 
she'll get the food and things will happen. Like she'll eat the curry and she'll get fire breath and run around in, for a little while. And then, the, and then the, it will loop. And the fact that she is behind the hardest platforming challenge makes it really obvious they knew. They're like, well, we have to put it in somewhere. So I guess we better mitigate as many people as possible from seeing it. Hmm. Very reminiscent to Undertale. Uh, I assume this is Chris. Uh, the Tonsas know exactly what is happening and do the dumbest thing possible. I think all the Forspoken ones are me. <laughs> <laughs> you kept it in your brain long enough to put them in here. <laughs> so the Tanta are the four witch queens of this other this other realm. Which sounds cool, right? Can we just talk about, like, on paper, four witch queens ruling a realm should be cool as shit? Yeah, like everything yeah. in Forspoken. If you write it down, it sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, they, they, they're invaded by the evil people who we thought were from another dimension, but then the DLC says they're just from across the ocean. And they summon a big demon called Sisyrus, and the Tantas defeat Sisyrus, but he infects them. And so they're so they stand around and talk like we're all gonna go crazy because of Sisyrus. Let's not do anything about this. Like nothing. So we turn over control to someone else, maybe kill ourselves. No. <laughs> I wanna I wanna listen in on the committee meeting where it's like, hey, uh, we should kill ourselves. And everyone at the table's like, that is an option. We could. <laughs> Should we should we leave? Like, should we go somewhere else so we can't do damage? <laughs> no, we should probably continue to rule our areas until the end. <laughs> yeah, like the it's seemingly the because like twenty years, pretty much. It seems like they didn't they didn't do anything in that time. They just they just were like, well, we'll just keep going as normal. Then we'll all go crazy and start crucifying people. <laughs> this is part of the plan. And the weird thing is, like, you're not even sure that anyone but the Tantas themselves even know that this transition will happen to them. Oh, yeah. It seems like it. nobody else does. Yeah, like, everybody's yeah. like, well, they were our leaders and now they're evil. And it's like, you did, they did literally nothing. It's like, well, we, we wrote the backstory and then the thing that happens in the main game is 18 years later. Should we write the, like, the, in, in, intermediate times like should we figure out what happened then no no they're gonna pretend it's been a bad week <laughs> uh orphans don't have souls so the main character Frey is an orphan there's kind of a plot thread in the game about her not caring about other people but not really like they don't sell it at all like it's it just seems like she is understandably hesitant to go kill these witchy god queens it's like, I'm not, I'm not, you're at, you're asking me to kill people. I, I don't really want to. I kind of just want to go home. And this is treated as like unspeakably selfish of her. And then when we, when you get the flashbacks and she speaks to her mom's spirit, you get the unbelievably fucking stupid and kind of offensive bit where it's like, if only I had raised you, Frey, you would have learned to care about other people, something that it's impossible for orphans to ever do. <laughs> uh, the sequel hook at the end of the Forspoken DLC. The Forspoken DLC is real stupid. It, it basically doesn't matter. Frey goes to a place and she gets sent back. She quantum leaps back in time into somebody else's body and sees a bunch of shit that doesn't actually matter. 
But at the end, she goes, the the, the people from the other realm couldn't create Susurus. He's a big, evil, powerful demon. And then a voice from nowhere says, that's right, Frey. A e more evil force from the sequel made Susurus. Mm. You better come to this other country. I'm one of the Tantas of this other country because that's just a thing every country has. Mm. And then Luminous Studios was dissolved. <laughs> Huzzah. <laughs> I also did the next two. Should I just go through both of them? Sure, yeah. I uh, Yeah, go, go right ahead. Clive's mom. If I wasn't hesitant to give her the qualifier of character, oh. I would say she is unquestionably the worst character in any Final Fantasy game. That is a high bar. She, it's, it's lit. There is so many problems with her specifically that it's legit. And for a record, I don't even mean as a character. I mean, like, she's just like, she isn't one. She's a plot device. She exists to be a red herring for a little bit and do things that make Clive and Joshua sad. And then when the story no longer needs her, when she has fulfilled those two, those two jobs, she just kills herself. And it doesn't even really make sense why she kills herself. It literally feels like, well, she would well, be, it'd be complicated and we would have to write too much nuance if she stayed around. So kill her. <laughs> well, it's the end of my shift. See you guys later. And then she just rips her head off. <laughs> <laughs> She's she's one of the few characters that is not manipulated by the villain and is the one that seems the most like she should be like she she comes off. She doesn't come off as a character. She's given no personality whatsoever other than that. She has this bizarre. Hang up that. One of her sons wasn't healthy. Yeah, and a pet and a peasant said, well, she she must not actually be the mom of the strong son. Yeah. And that apparently made her so insane, she became a Nazi. Yeah, I really was expecting a lot more development of her playing this game. So it was really weird when uh, I didn't really get that. <laughs> yeah, no, um, she's one of those things set up in that first few hours within the demos, like, oh, they're going to do something with this, and then nothing. It's weird because when we talk about Forspoken and some of the ideas, you write them down and that should be sick as shit. Um, Final Fantasy 16 is similar to that and where it feels like the opening is set up by someone else who just left after doing that <laughs> and then the rest of the game is just some other thing that the crew who was left made because it is so different and the way it continues the story that's set up in the, in the opening mm -hmm. is so not fully th followed through on that it's really bizarre she doesn't really have a personality she starts like a death squad going around and killing these oppressed mage people, which Clive never seems particularly concerned with or and, and like never like it never. It's like, hey, your mom is killing all these people because she has a weird vendetta against you. And that just never comes up. It is never dealt with by the story. She just kills herself. So that doesn't have to happen. Yeah, it's weird. You think at some point Clive would have looked at his mom and said, that's enough. <laughs> Yeah, and said the confrontation with her is bizarre. She's never brought up like she's confronted by accident, pretty much. Like, there's never any point where they're like, we have to deal with my mom having these death squads. No, because that would require nuanced writing. <laughs> Instead, it's like, we have to go break this crystal that's underneath my mom's chair. And luckily, a boss fought. Luckily, a set piece is instigated there via mind control from the actual villain. 
it's just bafflingly bad. Okay. Um, this next one seems pretty self-explanatory, and we've covered it in numerous parts of Game of the Year. Yeah, by so now, I'm not going to cover it again. Half the game is made by filler made by other people. For goodbye, Volcano High. Uh, the Everwar. Hey, Bob. Hey. Remember the Everwar? Hey, I have trouble remembering what exactly the Everwar is. Oh, it's it an Everwar. Yeah, uh, they called it that. It's literally called that. Yes. <laughs> I. The thing, this I didn't put this here, I don't think, but the thing that makes me think of it as being unbelievably stupid is the fact that you find out that's just what they call every war that has ever happened in this world, even if it's between entirely different powers at different points in time. It's the ever war. It, it, it genuinely is just, there must always be an ever war. Like, it has that tone of just like... There must always be a one, right? And it's like, wait, what do you, what? Look, as long as there's an ever war on terrorism, there right. can never be an ever war, <laughs> an on, ever drugs. war on drugs. <laughs> Uh, the entire plot, basically, uh, from uh, Like a Dragon, Guide, and the Man Who Erased His Name. I have no idea oh who boy. put this here. It could be anyone. Oh Chris boy. <laughs> okay, first, okay, here's, there's going to be spoilers, some spoilers for Yakuza 6 also. Not, not very many. But at the end of Yakuza 6, the plot resolves, uh, the villain is like a politician high up in the Japanese government. And they're like, hey, hey Kiryu, we're going to give you this bunch of money to keep, keep quiet about the stuff that happened. And then Kiryu says, well, they're writing me out of this series, so how about instead of that, you just help me fake my own death for no reason? <laughs> uh, and then that happens. Which leads into this, where Kiryu is basically doing wet work for this political faction's, like, black ops group. And the entire plot is basically the guys Kiryu is indebted to inexplicably and working for being the most evil motherfuckers in the entire series. Like, there's not even a question. What? And every single character is like, here you, we want to get you out of there. We want to make you, so you just, you don't have to keep working for these guys. You can escape. And every single time he's like, no, for no reason. <laughs> like, it doesn't stand up at all. He just comes off as insane. Like, it, it's like, my duty slash my honor taken to the most insane hmm. limits it can possibly take because he's working for assassins who knock elbows with the CIA. Whoa. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And just, I could not believe how every single story beat was like, are you going to make this make any more sense? And it's like, no. <laughs> At no point will we ever get this to make any more sense. We wanted to give him these cool secret agent powers. We really couldn't figure out why. And that's all. I, I don't need to go. I, I can't go into too much detail with the, the I, there's just, he's working for the most evil people in the entire series and keeps actively like going, no, I will not stop working for them no matter what you say or do. Because I gave my word. They helped me fake my death. So I have to help them be evil forever. Hey, Bob. Hey. I think you may have nominated Mortal Kombat 1's last few hours. Yeah. What would you describe as the beginning of the last few hours for Mortal Kombat 1 plot-wise? When all the alternate people show up from the different dimensions of Mortal Kombat 1, like, apparently when, at the end of Mortal Kombat 11, it's split into a multiverse, and that alone is fine. 
But then we start doing a bunch of things where every one of the main characters of Mortal Kombat got their their own universe that they were an elder god in. And some of that becomes real dumb. Is we're fighting like a hundred Quan Chi's and a hundred Shang Tsung's and then a bunch of bizarro versions of every like Mortal Kombat character you can conceive of mixed together at random that you fight in a giant tower. And that's the end of the game. And that's feels like over an hour of just this one fight that's just against incredibly stupid things and then it caps off with yeah the next main villain is this guy everyone hates from mortal kombat on ps2 havoc havoc yes the 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 part of that whole sequence that really stood out to me the most as being the dumbest is like when they have you have to protect the time crystal and then all the bad guys are shooting their lasers at the time crystal and then your guys start shooting the repair lasers at the time, Crystal. <laughs> yes, that did kill me. That was just unbelievable. And, th- and that moment, I was just like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here, Ed? W- what are you cooking? Yeah, it devolved into complete hack as soon as that happened. I don't know. It's hard for me to say it's the dumbest thing in the game when it's so based and cool, actually. <laughs> it might be the most peak Mortal Kombat thing to do. The ending just being have oh, fucking it's a billion combatants and they're all. Th- that's also a reference to uh, that 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 MK Apocalypse, which the yep. opening of MK Nine is also referencing. Yep, yep, yep. It's, it's pretty great, honestly. I find the thing where they're repairing the time jewel and destroying it at the same time possibly dumber than all of the pyramid set piece. Yes, and that's part of this. Like it's just all a mash. God, the repairing sequence. If I remember that specifically, I would have put it on here. Yeah, that might. That is the stupidest thing in that game. That might take this. I think Chris is right to hold it on that. Uh, Hey, Bob, what is a We Are Pokemon Sleep Pass? Pokemon Sleep Pass is a subscription you can buy to Pokemon Sleep, an app that supposedly helps you sleep, but is in fact a, a horrible like demotivational creature that will just drain the battery life of your phone and do nothing else. Yeah, if anything, I kind of hate this game because you can't lock your phone while running this game, which is such a bad idea. Yeah. So so it's a street pass for Pokemon Sleep? No, it's a season pass. Oh, it's a season pass. Uh-huh. Yeah, you have to... Keep... Yeah, it's a battle pass for being asleep. Sorry, uh-huh. I don't know why I said street pass. I, I remembered an era when portables had really neat features. Right. Instead of just being... That game, but portable. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. What's the outstanding feature of the Switch again? Like, what's its neat gimmick other than it's a portable? Right. It's it's lower power hardware, so they could release games on it. That's not a. <laughs> All right. No Uncle Ben in a set piece about Peter Parker's trauma. This has to be Chris Wolfhard. Yes, that is me, and that bothered me a lot. Like, I get, I get it. I, I do. People our age are sick of seeing Uncle Ben die. We had to see it a bunch of times in the aughts because of all the movies. You're specifically doing a story about how Peter Parker is too self-sacrificial and that makes him hurt the people around him, which I think is an interesting story to do when he's teamed up with Miles because now he has someone else who's like, hey, I can do some of this. You don't have to kill yourself. You, you don't show the start of that entire mindset he had. I would if it had been like one like a room you walk through mm-hmm. with like one or two lines from somebody they got to be 
Uncle Ben. I would have been fine with it. But the fact it's not there at all makes me crazy. Like, it stands out so much because Spider-Man 2 is understands Spider-Man as a character and, and is so well executed in so many ways. Like, it, it stands out because they fumbled when normally they don't. Yeah, and this isn't a short set piece. Like, there's definitely time they could have put it. Yeah, there was time. Like, again, I would have been fine if Miles just walks through a room, like, two set. Like, you, you, he's walking through, you get, like, the wrestling promoter saying something, Peter not stopping the guy, oh, him holding Uncle Ben. Like, you could do it in, like, two minutes, and I'd, be, I'd have been fine with that. Um, hey, Agro. Yes, sir. Uncle Agro, tell me about the Starborn. <laughs> so you played like the first hour of Starfield. I did, yeah. You, you, you touch you touch an object and it get go. Oh, shit gets weird. And then w w when you're not busy doing side quests, most of what you do in that game is collect other doodads that float around with that doodad, and uh, they, they they give off weird radiation and shit. And they eventually like they'll form a map to the thing that lets you jump universes. And at a certain point, you're in orbit above a planet and a spaceship warps in that's unlike anything you've ever seen with unidentifiable technology. And someone identifying themselves as the Starborn are like, you need to stop collecting that shit. It's not for humans. And oh my God, are they aliens? Are they from the future? What are they? Where did they come from? Why haven't we seen them before? Are they from a different galaxy? This amazing mystery plot gets kicked off. That results in, oh, they're humans from other dimensions. Where'd they get all that technology? Nobody knows. Who built all these temples and the objects that lead us to the universe hopping thing? It's not explained. Uh, when you hop into a new universe for New Game Plus, you just have one of those spaceships. Wait, what? Uh-huh. What? No. No. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, clearly you get on one at the ending. And that's how you mm. get to a new universe. No. Oh my God. What? It, it was one of the most interesting and exciting things in the entire setting. And then they put it in a rusty bucket and kicked it down a hill. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Agro, the next one's you. Also from Starfield. Uh, I have provided images for this in the image folder. That's that's not a shotgun. Uh, it is. It is a bullpup pistol shotgun with no rear sight, no actual way for its internal slide mechanism to function, and it's somehow fitting 12 rounds. <laughs> I'm sorry, 12... Shells. It says caseless, but yeah, 12-gauge shotgun shells in that clip. What? Shotgun shells? You're also hold like you're wearing a fucking spacesuit and you're somehow supposed to get your spacesuit thumb far enough into that tiny hole to actually hold this goddamn thing. <laughs> so if you launch, if you fire this, it breaks your wrist instantly, right? 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 No, no, you just keep pulling the trigger and it shoots super fast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's cool. That's yeah, this really this is emblematic of Starfield's gun design, where it like it looks like AI spit out the designs and then they touch them up because most of them don't make any physical fucking sense. <laughs> uh, and the last nominee, Link gets his arm back in the end. 
Uh, this is that was me. Okay. Uh, I just think that is really lame. Like you're not going to do another game in this setting. Why? Why'd you have to? Like he, he it it wasn't. Why did he get his heart back? Like he got his arm eaten off by the corruption. Like defeating Ganon does not. He didn't spit it out. <laughs> like why can't Link just only have one arm or keep the robot arm? Like either one, I would have been fine with. Because happy it ending. Just, it, I'm fine. Like I'm fine with. Yes, Zelda came back. That's fine. That whatever. That's the happy ending. Yay. Link has to have his arm. Like that. It's too wrapped up. <laughs> I'm gonna give us five votes each. Uh, I'm gonna be greedy and go first. I I actually do agree with Chris, and I have the whole time. Uh, linking his arm back was just some weird level of like you couldn't leave this. Link without an arm or with the robot arm or some other solution other than he got his arm back? My magic. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed unnecessary to me. Uh, I'm going to read for you guys the two best sources on the internet for information about the Everwar. <laughs> oh, no. According to the Immortals of Avium Wiki... <laughs> The Everwar is a long-running conflict in Immortals of Avium. It began when humans learned to use magic and fought over who would control it. After a millennium, the only sides remaining are Lucium, protected by their elite force of Immortals, and Rasharn, ruled by the tyrant Sandrak. Now, the other source is EA's own website. Their page for Immortals of Avium has a specific smaller page for the Everwar. Okay. Ahem. <clears throat> Our story is set in Avium, a world shaped by a millennia of conflict and bloodshed over the control of magic known as the Everwar. Avium's five kingdoms have been reduced to only two superpowers, Lucium and Rasharn. Between them lies the Wound, an infinitely deep chasm in the center of the world, its cracks dividing the kingdoms. You notice how most of the text from the wiki is just the text from the website with two extra details? I'm convinced that wiki's made by EA. Oh, yeah. No, it really reeks of it, man. Because it doesn't has not been updated since launch. Yeah. (laughs) And it seems like it's all made out of stuff from from their own material. Yeah. Yeah. There are only two possibilities. One of them is EA absolutely had people set up a wiki for this and other things. Because the, the, the wikia wiki or whatever fandom it is has, uh, you know, press materials and things used to make imagery for banners and other elements of it. It absolutely reeks of someone from EA set this up in advance and said, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, they'll be so happy when they see this, all of the fans of our game. <laughs> and then no one ever showed up. The only other possibility is some guy was really excited and then played the game, right? <laughs> uh, I got to vote for the ending of Atomic Heart. There were so many layers where it's just like, man, that is just the dumb version of this. And then the ultimate final ending being like, well, I'm cheeked up now, cyborg man, gotta go. <laughs> was like, no, what? You think after beating you, I want that? <laughs> That is a terrible idea for a sequel. What the hell? Why would he just leave you on the ground? Why wouldn't he murder you? Because a sequel couldn't happen then, Dan. Uh, I'm also going to have to give a vote to the Tonsus to know exactly what is happening and do the dumbest things possible. You're like, oh man, there's this chemical in the atmosphere that's going to make me into the super powerful witch version of Hitler. 
I better tell no one and not restrain myself in the least. <laughs> Looking at the rest of these. I'm going to have to give it to Clive's mom. Clive's mom is uh, extremely underdeveloped and absolutely stupid in execution. <laughs> she is a character yeah. like you would see in a Game of Thrones, but they forgot to develop the character behind this character. Uh-huh. And that sucks really bad. So it makes all of her actions just come off as like, why'd you do any of that? And then before you could ask the lady, she ripped her head off. Right? <laughs> uh, I actually did. This is not hyperbole. I spent a couple hours in the opening just thinking as I played, like, what is her motivation? There's got to be like, you think about all these ways she interacts with her kids and these things she does for the kingdom and all these other things. And you just wonder, what is the true motive? Right, like that's absolutely the most intriguing thing that they had going. And then when her plan didn't work out, she de decided to LTG herself. <laughs> and it's terrible. Uh, we're now going to go to aggro. Atomic Heart's weapon acquisition system. It's just so stunningly easy to have not done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's harder to, to do it than right. to not. How'd you end up on this exact system? I don't know. The Starborn. A reveal so bewildering, I literally spent another hour playing that game before looking it up and going, wait, was that, was that really what it was? <laughs> uh, the Shoddy, also from Starfield. What's the name of that guy who paints the stuff that's impossible? Asher? Yes, that's what looking at that thing is like. It's like looking at an Escher painting. You look at one part and go, well, that can't go with, and then you look at the next part, but that can't go with. It's just awful, and it makes me want to throw up. Well, you know, the fun thing is that's actually also how it feels to look at frames generated by frame generation on PC. <laughs> uh, the taunt is knowing exactly what is happening and do the dumbest <laughs> things possible. That was another one of those double take moments of that. That can't really be <laughs> what it was, right? Well, <laughs> oh, the next cutscene, this will make sense. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I feel myself becoming witch Hitler. I better go take a nap. Is that your plan? <laughs> By now, I got to go take a nap. See you in 20 years. <laughs> Where I ruin everyone's lives. I think I'm going to hold my last vote for now. Okay. Real quick question. Uh, the Mortal Kombat 1 god that Liu Kang in becomes is not an Elder God. The Elder Gods are beneath him, right? It's weird because he acts like Elder Gods are still a thing, but he should be the highest one. Yes. He, and then he was the highest one when he remade the universe with the hourglass. Then he stepped down from that and made Sandman... The, the control of the hourglass, and he became the new Raiden. The Elder Gods seemingly still exist and are just there. They just don't come up. Yeah, they, they're implied and referenced as a thing because, Jesus Christ, no one can run for this office and not mention consulting the Elder Gods. <laughs> but there's a term for what the role they performed, and I wish I could remember it because it's driving me insane. Uh, anyway. Oh, he's a guardian of, of the guardian of Earth's realm is the position he took. No, 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 no. I'm just talking about the original I created the universe oh. job. Oh. Before he relinquished that to Sandman. 
Those were the Titans. Yeah. I think is what they go. call the ones yes. that Yes, that's correct. They were called the Titans. I couldn't remember it because it was such a basic name uh-huh. that I didn't even think, oh right, that's the name of the role. Okay. Um next up we're gonna go to Bob. Bob vote. Uh Clive's mom. What a dumb character. The Tantas know exactly what'll happen. <laughs> Well, what did they do? The dumbest thing possible, of course. <laughs> Mortal Kombat 1's last few hours, especially the shooting laser beams part. <laughs> In the part was Havoc. Atomic Heart's, we- Heart's weapon acquisition system. You got one more. Mm. I'll throw in on Starborn. That, that sounds like incredibly stupid. Chris. Clive's mom. I I really feel like Clive's mom deserves to take this, even if there's some really other stupid things in this fucking category. Link getting his arm back. I'm the one who put it there. That that legitimately like made me go, come on. I laugh. Because there's no reason for it to happen. Like there's no reason for it to happen. It just does so they can have a more perfect ending. And I'm like, you can't. You can't be happy with a 95%. Yeah, no, I laughed. I actually laughed at that part because I was like, man, this feels like an and your puppy's still alive. He never died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Like, I'm just I'm just going to think of that. The, 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 the uh, we'll shoot lasers to destroy it. We'll shoot lasers to repair it for forever. Yeah. But, <laughs> like that. It evolved into an episode of G.I. Joe. Right. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say it just became an 80s Saturday morning cartoon. You guys. Yeah. That like it, it, had, it had some real Power Rangers energy. Remember when Raiden said man and machine power extreme? <laughs> <laughs> no, but shit. I'd have bought that game. <laughs> Would you have bought it on Switch? though mm. <laughs> the starborn like like go fuck go fuck yourself todd howard <laughs> man how did starfield have nothing no original idea like it's just every shitty sci-fi cliche in a bucket like you gonna explain that no and the tantas how can i not pick the tantas like you just I understand development of that game was probably very, very convoluted, and I certainly hope we get some insight someday. But, like, you just, you just wrote it like, well, 18 years pass and nothing happens in that 18 years. Yeah, I really wish uh, Shmuplations would get an insane amount of support over on Patreon because I would love, I would love to get very laser focused interviews that I really need to know about these Japanese developed games and aggro you still have one vote if you wish I think I am going to go ahead and do it for Link's arm because if something happens in your game and I think about the last episode of Clannad maybe (laughs) there's a problem with your logical through line Okay, I tallied up the votes. Uh, it's unanimous. The Tantas know exactly what is happening and do the dumbest things possible. Is there with four votes for dumbest thing in a game? What a surprise. 
We have a three-way tie with three votes each between Clive's mom, the starboard, and Link gets his arm back in the end. And we have two votes each uh, on uh, Atomic Heart's weapon acquisition system and Mortal Kombat 1's last few hours. And one vote each on the ending of Atomic Heart, the Everwar, and Shoddy from Starfield. I think this is correct. Does anyone think anything should go up or down? If anyone else wants to support it, I, I feel like Mortal Kombat 1's last few hours should go up there and be the voted again list. It should be in the threes. Yeah, it should at least have the chance to be runner up. Okay. I'd agree with that because I'd pretty much agree with all of it. Like the problem with ranking things on how dumb they are <laughs> is you hit a point where it's like the, the switch flips. Like, yep, that's maximum dumb. This this all yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, no, that's that's actually that's absolutely how it felt playing through it. I think the problem here, Bob. Yeah, viewed in a vacuum, the last few hours of Mortal Kombat One are funny and what that whole game should have been. It only is exaggerated how incredibly dumb it is because the rest of the game wasn't that at all. It didn't lead into it. Yeah, no, it does all. It really amplifies it in my mind because the first half is like, oh no, this is like a legit reboot of the series, and we're doing interesting things with these characters. Right. It's like, okay, let's see what what the disease taking her is going to do to her, and now it's a disease. You know, being like a Baraka is a disease, and we're going to see how that works. How these characters are being manipulated by other characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, what our main cast does, and how how Liu Kang's doing as the new Titan in disguise because he gave up those powers to the sand dude and then the end is just the movie the one but stupider (laughs) somehow by a (laughs) hundredfold and it is really that in and of itself you view just that ending and you go yeah that's mortal Kombat. i don't know what the yeah (laughs) absolutely if that if the game were just all that it wouldn't stand out at all except though the crystal repairing thing would still stand out yeah that that honestly is never not going to be the world's dumbest beam battle yeah because they all just start shooting beams like they don't that's not even their thing oh no dad's gonna divorce mom and he's using like an energy beam to do it and the two kids are like no he's not and they shoot their repair relationship beams anyway that that there could be peak fiction absolutely I mean I kind of want to see that as like an animated thing now (laughs) Warriors of Earthrealm, shoot your repair beams at my marriage. (laughs) She doesn't want to let me buy a motorcycle. It's really straining our relationship. I have like the Earthrealm warriors shoot the repair beams and they're like, dude, you really fucked up. You should stop drinking and driving. (laughs) Maybe make it to one of your kids' rehearsals sober. (laughs) Anyways, okay, so... We're doing a vote between Clive's mom, the Starborn. Link gets his arm back in the end, and Mortal Kombat one's last few hours. Uh, two votes each. Bob. Clive one, Clive's mom in Mortal Kombat 1. Not Clive's 1, as I was going to originally say. <laughs> Aggro. The Starborn, and I'm really being sold on these repair lasers, so I think I'm going to go with that. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Well, it'll never work. You'll never save their marriage. <laughs> Goldar shows up. <laughs> Rangers. Power Rangers. You'll never fix his marriage. Uh, Chris. 
Clive's mom. I don't want to vote for Mortal Kombat just because it's really funny to imagine Goldar yelling, He's already in Margaritaville! It's hopeless! <laughs> then don't! <laughs> I'm not going to, but I considered it. Uh, Link's arm. Okay. Oh, man, this is tough because uh, I'm going to vote for Clive's mom just because that, that was... Man. <laughs> uh... I'm really torn between Link gets his arm back in the end, the Starborn, and I'm never voting for Mortal Kombat once last few hours. <laughs> if anything, I think our focus needs to aim on the beginning of the game and how it didn't lead into that. <laughs> Just to be clear, though, the beginning of the game is the higher quality part of the game, but the problem is this is a Mortal Kombat game. Right, <laughs> that's gonna the end the way it doesn't come off as dumb. Like, it only no. becomes dumb in the last two hours. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. But it's dumb good in the last few hours. It's as a whole package that you go, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 like, you just got the order wrong at a fast food place and looked in the back. <laughs> what the fuck? This isn't what I ordered. This isn't what it says on the tin. And then you show the game case and it says good storytelling. <laughs> Anyway, um, so Agra, I have a, I have a couple, couple questions, mm -hmm. probing questions about these Starborn. So the Starborn are a known thing. They travel across the universes. We don't know exactly what their deal is, correct? And then at the end of the game, you become a Starborn, which gives you the magical MacGuffins to travel universes, and now you just get one of the cool ships randomly when you do that. Mostly. You, you get the ship randomly. Every time you go to a new universe, you have to fight the other Starborn for the MacGuffins. To go find the main thing that lets you jump to another universe. That is so stupid. <laughs> that is so stupid. It's real dumb. That's like, I've, I've, I've experienced a lot through online streamers of dumb DOS sci-fi games mm -hmm. that have ideas about what the universe could contain in it. And none of them seem as half-baked as that. I mean, it's one of those things where honestly, like if, if you just wrote down on a legal pad, oh yeah, we turn the entire multiverse into a Jet Li's the one style cage match. That could be really fucking cool. It could. Too bad it's not. <laughs> so I'm going to vote for the Starborn. And now we officially have a problem. <laughs> we have three votes on Clive's mom. Two votes on the starboard and two votes on Mortal Kombat once last few hours. I'm fine with the starboard taking it over Mortal Kombat there, honestly, because Starfield's supposed to be like an actual sci-fi thing that's interesting. Yeah, it, it, like Mortal Kombat becoming Power Rangers is goofy <laughs> and worthy of laughing at, but you can't be like, I was so invested in the serious narrative of these new Mortal Kombat games, and they ruined it with lasers fixing God Liu Kang's marriage. <laughs> right. It's, it is very much dumb, but it's Mortal Kombat, and that's fine. In this version, the Elder Gods is just the name of a bar. 
I must consult the elder gods. And it just like cuts to him downing like an entire bottle of vodka. Is it a gentleman's club too? <laughs> no, it's Moe's bar. No, it's literally Moe's bar. It's that tear. He's like, I have to go consult the elder gods. Oh, God. <laughs> Richard Epcar Richard Epcar Ryden is like t is is Barney now. <sighs> like he's just completely fucking gone. <laughs> Hey, Luke <laughs> Hey, Agro. Mm. How do you feel about this order? I mean, Clive's mom, that whole thing was pretty dumb. <laughs> I just, I, I need to, to recognize out loud that I am speaking from a place of, of deep personal wounding and hatred. Because <laughs> man, everything at Starfield could have been great. <laughs> Whereas I guess that's th th the difference in how it feels to me is that by the time you got to really the payoff of Clive's mom, I'm like, this this game sure is still happening. Yeah, I think the beginning of that level, that specific level, is when I go, I'm not so sure about this game anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely the moment where I lost all hope. That that was the final nail. Like, confronting her and the way it went was the final nail in the coffin. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it was already starting to be a downward trend, but then it was like, oh, this is how you're dealing with that? What seems like the main point of the game? <laughs> yeah. It sure did seem like the main point of the game. But I guess the point of the game was about taking villains from Final Fantasy Tactics? I guess... I don't know anymore. Luckily, no one played that, so. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Nobody who played Final Fantasy Tactics and beat it is still playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> they all... They... But I'm right here. Oh, no, I'm disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear something? I heard a voice on the wind, I think. I <laughs> okay. Well, then. That gives dumbest thing in a game, too. The Tantas know exactly what is happening and do the dumbest things possible. This makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It does, in fact, say dumbest in the nominee name. Clive's mom from Final Fantasy 16 in second place. Third place goes to the Starboard from Starfield. And runner-up, Mortal Kombat 1's last few hours. And Starfield's getting a lot of like nominations and winning a lot of awards this year, you know? <laughs> that is true. This is probably the only place where Starfield won a lot of awards. Yeah, it sure sure didn't at the game award. <laughs> I don't even think it got any nominees there. That's okay. Indiana Jones will, and then that's how Todd Howard gets his win. Mm, I don't I don't even think that's true. Well, that brings us to the final category of this episode. Biggest cuck. Uh, see, here's here's a clerical problem. This is a logistical problem with this category. N is in another game by being in the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Future Redeemed DLC. So he he's the forever king of cucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no point when you're when you know he's he's right there. Like nobody can even compete. It's it's just fucked up how much this man has dominant control over this category <laughs> until we just simply stop moving. He gets bored and goes away. Like I'm really scared they're gonna update Smash again and put in uh put in put an N 
again. No, put in Noah and give him an in costume, and that'll count, and we'll have to give it to him again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, finally. Put on that costume, and Noah's win quote is, you look so smug with my woman on your arm. <laughs> All of his taunts are replaced with him screaming. <laughs> It's like, I'm full of beans. My wife used to be full of beans. 